Welcome to Spotlight by Lutron. We sit down with our brightest industry colleagues and friends to discuss the magic of an integrated lighting solution and how the industry is adapting to the reimagination of homes and luxury spaces. If you're joining us during our 2020 Lutron Connection event, you can follow our kickoff podcast series schedule at lutron.com slash connection, C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N 2020. Hi, folks. This is Melissa Andresco, Chief Brand Ambassador at Lutron. And today's Spotlight by Lutron episode is a conversation with experienced technology integrator Matt Emmy of OneButton in Brooklyn, New York. Technology design firms like OneButton are adding the latest in human-centric lighting technology to their longtime expertise in AV, acoustics, and electronics. OneButton is a longtime Lutron Diamond dealer with an awesome catcher showroom. They're winners of five Lutron Excellence Awards, and they are a trusted favorite among some of New York City's top specifiers. Co-founder and physicist Matt Emmy is here today to speak with me about how his team is delivering magical experiences to today's most discerning homeowners and luxury spaces. Matt, welcome to the inaugural edition of the Spotlight by Lutron podcast. Thanks so much. It's really great to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So I, I gave our listeners a few highlights about One Button, but you know, start us off by introducing our listeners to your company and, and talk about your role today. Sure, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Actually, high-end audio is what got me into physics and acoustics, and I stumbled into a really amazing store that existed years and years ago, maybe 20 years ago in Salt Lake City called Audition. And they had, you know, half a million dollar speaker systems and million dollar theaters because they were serving Jackson Hole and all these other places. But um, so it was really kind of a fortunate thing that I had access to this incredible store and, and really great people that worked there. There was an old guy, Gary, who used to sit me down in front of these speakers and we'd listen to vinyl. And uh, he'd tell me about how tube amplifiers were made and, and we'd listen to Roger Waters. And, and I was hearing things that I didn't think possible. I was hearing sounds come from all over the room from just two speakers. So I kind of made it my business to study physics, to really understand what was going on there, to understand how our ears translate sound into perception. And as a result, I just kind of got into all of that technology there, started helping out some friends and some colleagues with the music in their homes, with home theater, whatever it was. And ultimately, I got my MBA at uh, Colorado University and brought the whole concept of helping people get the most out of their technology through the MBA program. So when I graduated, I had built a platform of a company that we were able to launch into the Colorado market. And we were successful there for a couple of years until one of my clients was moving to New York and said, you know, you should move to New York and help me build my home there. You'll work with my architect, Annabelle Seldorf. She'll love you and you'll work on all of her projects. And I said, well, that sounds exciting. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. We got here. We worked on the project. We developed a really great relationship with Annabelle and we've worked on dozens of projects with her firm ever since. And really, it's kind of the foundation with which we built our company. My business partner, Michael, and I have always had a bit of a different take in the technology space. We haven't had a lot of tolerance for big, bulky racks or massive touch panels on the wall. We were always more focused on the design and interaction of the systems. And we always thought there was a bit better way to approach these AV systems. And so we've focused on um, 
design integration and really paying attention to the architect's intentions and the intentions of a space in order to build the technology around that. So we really like classic interactions with modern technology, and we really like uh, building systems that are functionally usable and reliable. And what year did you uh, first start One Button in New York? What year was that? It's 2007, and we moved to New York in 2010. So 2007 wow. to 2010 was in, in Boulder, Colorado. So we've been in New York for just over 10 years and are very excited for another 10, 20, 30 years here in, in New York. We've really established what I think is one of the best teams in the industry and have incredible partnerships and relationships with our vendors and uh, and architects and partners that we're super fortunate to work on. We've worked on some incredible projects in the New York and Hamptons area and even as far as Marfa, Texas. Just can't wait to get into the next 10 years of projects. I'm sure there's going to be even more exciting things in front of us. That's really great. And I'm, I'm sure with your track record so far, the next 10 years will be even more exciting for you. Um, but, you know, so talk for a second. You, you were saying about your low tolerance for, for bulky panels and your really your eye for integrating technology and design. How has that really set one button apart in this market? I mean, we, we've all seen how, you know, there are some designers and architects who can be a little a little reluctant to have technology built into a home for fear of it, you know, kind of detracting from their their beautiful design. So talk about how that's really your approach has really made you so successful in this space. Yeah, I think a lot of people in our industry engineer systems and products for themselves and not necessarily for the homeowners. And Personally, I get excited when I see a big rack of, you know, audio equipment and massive speakers, but almost none of our clients are into that kind of thing. So we really had to pivot hard away from, I'm going to call it a bit more of a masculine approach, because ultimately people don't want speakers. They want music. They don't want a television. They want a display. Uh, they don't want drapes necessarily. They want to control the light in their space. So we started thinking about these systems in that way and started focusing on how do we get the experience that people want without the bulky technology. So we use a lot of invisible speakers. We spend a lot of time detailing shades into locations so we can conceal them architecturally unless we're using something like a palladium in which we want to proudly display that. Same thing goes for the control systems. We really like using, you know, a traditional control that looks really beautiful. We do a ton of jobs with Meljack because they make a very beautiful control interface that obscures all the technology behind it. So kind of our secret sauce really comes down to my business partner, Michael, whose training and background is as an artist. And he was the one that really first questioned almost everything we did from the get-go. We first started using soundbars long time ago. Because why don't we just use this everywhere? This makes so much more sense than putting five speakers in somebody's living room. Like, okay, yeah. So it was really kind of his questioning of everything that we did and uh, the traditional approach that helped us get there. And then that was reinforced by the architect and design partners that really appreciated what we were doing and wanted to see us take that even further. So that's how we've kind of developed and refined that aesthetic sense and you yeah. know sometimes we come across clients that they want all the whiz bangy stuff we can do that too but maybe we're also not the best fit for them yeah so i mean you've obviously been working in the industry for more than a decade so 
What are some of the biggest, you know, kind of aha moments that you've had with products? You know, you talked about going from big speakers to the sound bar. Like, what are some of the other most exciting, like, product evolutions that you've seen and experienced? Yeah, I think it's really neat because I think revolutions only come along every seven to 10 years in products. And, you know, having been in this for 20 some odd years, I think we've seen kind of three distinct revolutions and in between a ton of evolution. And, you know, the first kind of big revolution was a shift into IP through control of everything in the home. And and we're firmly in a world where everything works over kind of internet protocol. And that paved the way for Sonos, which I think is a really revolutionary product that's changed the way we consume and listen to music. And that changed how we also, you know, approach and deliver music by enabling you to stream music seamlessly to any room in your house. And we're in the midst of another product revolution, which I think is really exciting, which is tunable light and the ability for, you know, you as a homeowner and us as an integrator to completely tune and adjust the lighting landscape in a space. And furthermore, that tunability comes with a complete reapproach of how we architect lighting systems. And to me, that's just as exciting because we're able to save a massive amount of money on the design and engineering of a lighting system using a tunable lighting system that uses wireless protocol to connect. So, you know, those are kind of in my span in this space, three of the biggest revolutions that I've seen. And when we saw this third one coming, you know, we pivoted very hard a long time ago into the whole Sonos uh, for, for music. And again, when we saw this shift in tunable light coming, we pivoted very hard and and built out a showroom to showcase and explain that because that's really the only way you can communicate that what's going on in this space is to see it and experience it yourself. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit bigger picture. Um, So you were talking about product evolution and revolution, but what are some of the bigger trends that you're seeing right now? Like, what are your, I mean, obviously 2020 started much differently than where we are right mm-hmm. now, but what are some of the trends that you're seeing today yeah. and that you expect to see carry into 2021? So even before COVID, what we were seeing is a trend of this concept of technology and concept of what we do as technology starting to pivot out of being perceived as technology, which again, to me is really exciting because it just gets built into the fabric of what we're doing every day. I liken it to, you know, back in the sixties, if you had a car that had power windows, that was a really cool technology. You know, you didn't have to sit there and crank that crank. You flip a little switch and the the windows would roll up. But now when you get into a car, that's just how the windows roll up and down. We don't think of that as technology. That's just our expectation around how we, engage and and interact with this product and same thing applies when you walk into a home with a a massive wall of glass and big beautiful windows you would not expect to walk up to every window and pull on a little wire to you know manually pull that shade up and down you would just expect those shades to mechanically go up and down so there's just this shift in expectation that lighting shades music it's all going to be controlled And there's just a simple foundational expectation that that's going to be a part of things uh, moving forward because it's trickled down to the point where almost anybody can afford these types of technologies. 
And so you certainly would expect to see them now on the very high end of homes. So that's the first trend that I've kind of been seeing develop over the last little while. It's just a simple expectation. It's not like, should we put this technology in our home? It's like, well, we need shades here, obviously. Let's figure out how to do that. As we've moved into 2020, the expectations we've placed on our homes has completely changed. It's totally shifted. We now expect our home to be our workspace, the place where we entertain our kids, the place where we entertain ourselves. We're not going out to have those kinds of entertainment. And, you know, we see ourselves as poised to really help people across all of those vectors. And the demands that we're placing on our homes are just so much greater in terms of the technology that we're applying. So yeah, I've never sold as many 77 and 85 inch TVs that I have in the last two months. People are looking for that level of entertainment to bring that home. Yeah. Uh, As well as just, you know, internet robustness, the functionality there kind of helping establish a little place for home offices, you know, and even to me, it comes down to, you know, maybe we're not getting outside as much as we would like. So being able to have that natural sun cycle lighting and bringing natural light, into the inside. So we really look at ourselves being able to help across all those vectors. You know, you can't go to a concert. Well, we can give you high quality music experiences. Can't go to a Broadway show. Well, you can watch Hamilton on your TV. Let's make sure that's a great experience for you. Yeah. Uh, So I think people's comfort in investing in their home, in the certainty that comes in the things and the spaces that our homes provide, uh, that has not and will not go away. So people are going to continue to be interested in investing even more into the home as we move through this challenge, which I think we're only a part of the way through. So Matt, you've been talking a lot about how the expectations of our home have shifted significantly. It's, it's now the place where we're, you know, entertaining, we're schooling children, uh, we're doing our work. How is lighting playing a role in changing evolution of the home? Talk a little bit about the role that lighting is now playing. Yeah, I mean, as we spend the scope of the day throughout the home, we're going through that transitionary period. We're waking up with the natural light coming in from the outside. We're going through those evening hours as the sun is setting. You know, for us, that's where this whole concept of sun cycle lighting is really that much more crucial. If you're just coming home late at night, then, you know, If you have warm colored lights in your home, that's the only portion of that day that you're experiencing. But if you're spending the entirety of your day at home for those lights in your home to also transition with you going through that warm to cool to warm transition, it's going to make you feel much more connected to the outside world. It's going to make you feel a bit more natural throughout that time. And it's also going to indicate for the people that are in that home, it's now time to do this thing. So as we are using our space both for work and for play, I think it's so important for us to have something that signals to you, hey, it's time to stop working and it's time to play. I was listening to somebody who was suggesting, you know, tips for working from home. And he said, the most important thing for me when I'm working from home is that I go somewhere different when I'm done working. And he's like, even if it's like you move from the left side of your sofa to the right side of your sofa, just move physically through space so you're in a different place. So having the lighting shift from a very productive blue light throughout the day, which is where it would be in uh, in like the Ketra system, to a warmer light completely transforms the energy of the space and indicates to you, okay, it's time to start playing now. It's time to start unwinding. It's time to start getting ready to go to sleep. 
so to me, I think the timing of these types of lighting systems and what we're going through and how we're going to be putting more weight and emphasis on our home and using it throughout the entire arc of the day is, is really important. Yeah. And to your point too, about maybe we're not getting outside as much too. So the super important to have that sun cycle, you know, impacting you mm-hmm. in, inside the house. Um, so, you know, obviously what the businesses that we're, we're in, our products are all very experiential, you know, Lutron lighting control, shade, Ketra, Ketra solutions. What you're doing is very experiential with what's happening right now with COVID, how are you giving people that experience? Like, how are you explaining these products to them? I mean, I I know that installers have been considered essential workers, which is great, but maybe some people are still not quite comfortable having a, you know, a team come out to the house or or coming to a showroom. How have you had to to shift and, and, and demonstrate these products for people? Yeah. Well, when we first started lockdown here in New York, you know, we saw it like many other manufacturers and integrators as a great time to double down on education. And we started doing virtual catcher showroom demos and we had set it up through zoom and I have four cameras in the space. Uh, so you see four different angles and we just thought, let's test this out. We have this incredible new catcher show space. How well will it translate into a zoom presentation? And we found that it translates incredibly well. And people were really getting it. They got the important parts of what Ketra and a tunable lighting system delivers. There's nothing quite like bathing in the light and really seeing it yourself (laughs) in person. But I think they got the important aspects of it enough that they really wanted to learn more. They really wanted us to talk about how they could apply it on some of their projects and that was really our objectives is to, you know, let a lot of people know that it exists because most people don't yet. And then let them know that it's available to be deployed and that we can help them with that and that we're available and ready to help, even if it's just to, you know, take, take a look and, and explore if it's something that we should dig in further on. Um, so, yeah, we were delivering, you know, three or four of these presentations per week, uh, kind of through through that wow. time of COVID. And uh, again, we feel like they're really well responded to. We had you know, dozens of people on these calls at times. So I think we're going to continue to do that even outside of COVID just because of a convenience thing. You know, we'll give somebody the option of say, hey, yeah. we'd love to have you by the showroom now that that's appropriate. Now that it's something that we can start to be doing again. But if you're not going to be in New York or if you're too busy, um, just give us 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and we can just do a quick little Zoom call. And there you go. So for us to now have kind of both of those in our arsenal of things that we can provide to our clients, depending on their lifestyle, just becomes more convenient for them. And, and uh, something that we got kind of good at during that time. Obviously, you know, you have a, a spectacular Ketra showroom and you're very knowledgeable about it and, and making you know, clients' dreams come true in their homes. But, you know, how has the Ketra business really changed one button? Like, how has it helped you guys evolve as solution providers to your clients? Well, fully stepping into the lighting space and now offering fixtures as well as control just gives us that much more control over the entire scope of crafting lighting. And it allows us to do things that, a simple lighting designer on their own couldn't do. Um, For instance, in our lighting show space, I have a wallpaper television and we spotlight the wallpaper and we put fine art on it. And because we're tuning both the AV, which is now an art piece, 
and the light, I tune those two together so their white point is exactly the same. We can create this complete illusion that it's an art piece on your wall. So a lot of times people, you know, they come to us and say, oh, we want to lift. We want to hide the TV. Oh, we want to use a projector in our living room that has a bunch of windows. I was like, well, why do you want to use a projector? Let's start talking about alternatives. Let's talk about how else we might be able to, you know, hide that television, which is to say we kind of hide it in plain sight. Let's make it look like artwork. You know, let's use a, a wallpaper TV that blends totally into the wall and match it to the wall in terms of the color and the texture. Let's light it like a piece of art. So these are things that we weren't able to do before that we can kind of fold into this more full purpose application because we're thinking about all the things. We're not just thinking about lighting into the space. We're thinking about where are you going to go to listen to music? Where are you going to go to watch a movie? Obviously, with that, we've had to become a bit more practitioners of light and lighting design. So those are, again, things that we've studied quite deeply. And a bunch of us in the company come from a photography background. So for us, there's a lot of crossover. So we fell into it quite naturally. Um, but we also work with some partners that can help us deploy more sophisticated systems. Um, and then also a tunable lighting system changes how you control it. So we've started to change how we use keypads because no longer do we have to have a day and a night button because the light gets there itself kind of automatically. We'll have a, a way to override the color temperature, but it actually helps us simplify the functionality of the system because the system's intelligently going to where you want it to go throughout the course of the day. Um, so those are all uh, fun and exciting changes that we've been engaging with ourselves and it really helps to embark upon this in your own home and in a show space where your people can also be involved uh, and we've yeah. done both i'm sure it's also been great for your relationships with designers the fact that you're able to come in and show them that you know you've got control of the lighting as well and that, you know, you're going to help preserve the look of this space and, and working, you know, with the design team to make sure that the right elements are being accented and highlighted. So, um, and I know that obviously your relationships are very strong in that area. Um, well, and, so and ultimately that's, that's, it's all about us showing off their work in the best light possible. Yeah. And I mean that yeah. literally and metaphorically, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> when we can bring them into our showroom and say, look at this beautiful table that we've designed and crafted. We're super proud of our table. Now let me change the color temperature of the light and make this thing look even better. And they think it looks incredible. And then you press a button, you warm that color temperature down from say 2,700 to 2,400 degrees Kelvin. And you take the light off of the other spaces in the room and spotlight the wood, and it completely transforms. The wood gets richer, the veins get darker, there's more contrast, there's more warmth. And it's like, wow, you know, and same thing with a cooler color temperature, you're able to highlight marbles and stones. And you say, would you think about, you know, putting a warm color temperature on this? Because if you don't use a tunable system, you're going to have something like 2700 on this all day and all night. So they, they immediately get it. They're like, we're spending all this money in textures and in materials. And if we're not using the appropriate light to light them, they're only going to look okay. And they're only going to yeah. look okay at certain times of day when, say, the sunlight is coming in. So, yeah, they immediately appreciate what we're up to and are some of the first people that are the most vocal about using it. And then they're the most ardent supporters. They're like, oh, we really want to make sure this is this is on the project because they know it we're just going to make them look even better and their the end result of their product look even better. That's great. 
So let's talk a little bit more about when you're presenting the concept of Ketra to homeowners. Is there one point in the presentation where somebody typically has that aha moment and they say, okay, I get it. Wow. Yeah, sign me up. We're, we're all in. Like, is it, is there one kind of specific thing that that happens for many people or is it, is it a little bit different for every client? You know, there's definitely something that certain people latch on to. I think there's five or six kind of big points that we talk about and talk through in our, in our catcher presentation. And somebody will really latch on to one of them. But to me, everybody latches on to what I call the punchline at the end which is when I show the difference between 2,700 degrees, which is what your lights would be if you didn't have a tunable lighting system during the middle of the day. And then opening the shades, letting natural light come into the space and say, now I'm going to press the natural show button and you'll see the light match inside to outside. And they go, Oh yeah, that does look much better. And then I say, okay, now I'm going to go back to 2,700. <laughs> and then they go, Oh wow. And it's that, Going back to 2700, the walls go from this beautiful, bright, crisp white to a little bit of a dingy yeah. yellow. The photographs on the wall, the colors don't render quite as well. My skin turns more red than you would expect it to be in the middle of the day. You feel a little bit more sleepy and you realize, yeah, there's a mismatch. There's a disparity here. So creating that parity between architectural light and natural light everyone latches onto that moment. And to me that ultimately, if you have to boil it down to one thing, like one reason to do this, it's to match the outside to the inside and to have that consistency yeah. and coherency across both types of light. Nice. So without giving away your, your secret sauce, what advice would you give to other integrators who are thinking about getting into Ketra and, and the tunable white space? Well, I mean, look, absolutely. The secret sauce is living with it and integrating it into your life and lifestyle. And we immediately seized on the opportunity to build out circadian and sun cycle lighting in our showroom, yeah. even before we had started working with Ketra. And this was even before Ketra had gone through the acquisition through Lutron because we thought it a compelling technology that we wanted to learn more about. So we installed our own color tuning and white level shift system that relied on a dual diode LED in our lounge. And we thought, oh, wow, this is really spectacular. And then as the opportunity presented itself, we built our entire showroom here. We have it in our homes and we live with it literally night and day. And we have an understanding of how it impacts our life. It's not just about the technology. It's, oh, this makes me feel better at night. Oh, this mm -hmm. feels nice to wake up to. Oh, in the middle yeah. of the night, the light doesn't blind me. And then all these little things that you discover along the way, you're like, I didn't even think about this benefit. And then you realize, oh my gosh, that's so critical. The fact that the lights don't blind me in the middle of the night, if I you know, need to turn them on to go make a bottle of milk, which I do every single night now at <laughs> three in the morning. Um, <laughs> Not for myself, for my one-year-old. <laughs> so uh, it's super important. And then the other thing that, you know, we discovered along the way as we started doing a lot of these bids and then as we started building these systems out for ourselves is we say, oh, this is a completely new back-end architecture. This is so much simpler. And this solves so many of the problems that we struggle with and we grapple with 
So when we do this catcher presentation for our architects and our lighting designers, we say, there's no more transformers in the ceiling. There's no more drivers that we have to hide no less than 20 meters, but more than 30 meters. There's no dimming compatibility. There's no flicker. There's no buzz. There's no this. There's no that. Oh, and we're not having to match dimmers to lighting loads because it's just one wire that wires this whole home up. We can do dozens of catcher lights off of one single breaker. And they all go, what? And now they couldn't be more on board because you've solved half of the nightmares they deal with in a project. Sure. And we have a client that's super involved. So I kind of think of him like an architect and he just keeps referring to this as the one wire solution. He's like, well, we just want to run the one wire to all the light fixtures. And he couldn't be more on board because he understands the elegance of the architecture and the back end design that we're going through now and appreciates how much easier it is. Cause he was with us through all of those dimming challenges and all yeah. the wiring challenges. And then also the flexibility of saying, Oh, you want to separate that one light down light out because it's hitting a piece of art. Oh, let me just program that up as opposed to, okay, let's pull your ceiling apart. Oh, it's a Venetian plaster. No problem. We'll bring those artisans back over from Italy uh, to fix the holes in the walls <laughs> after we move this one wire around. Like these are real problems we deal with. You know, you're not going to get the benefits of what this is by sitting on some webinars or some seminars. Uh, if you If you think, oh, I've seen it at the showroom. I get it. I know what it's about. I can sell it. No, like you absolutely have to incorporate this and live with it in your show space and in your home. Uh, that's the secret sauce. I'll tell anybody right there. That's what you have to yeah. do. embrace it fully. And, and in, in doing so, you'll learn a ton of new things about it and ways in which to talk to people about it. And that's the most important thing. Well, I know One Button has been very busy throughout the pandemic, but tell us just really quickly what's next. What are some cool projects on the horizon that you wanna that you wanna tell us about? Yeah, well, we and, you know, in addition to welcoming people back to our showroom and doing more virtual showroom tours, uh, which we're very very excited about because Ketra is one of our favorite things to talk about. We have what I like to think of as a secondary show space in one of my favorite places in New York City. It's an artist studio, which is part of Pioneer Works, and that's Dustin Yellen's workshop. And Dustin Yellen is an incredible artist who's created these three-dimensional figurines that are encased in multiple layers of glass. And if you haven't seen them in person, it's really something to behold because there's fine, intricate details and cutouts of figurines and people that are uh, in these multidimensional layers, millions of these little particles that make up an incredible collage and a figurine and his show space has these figurines on display and they're absolutely extraordinary fortunately for us lighting in their space had always been a blind spot and they really it was something they've been so busy working on these projects they hadn't really considered it so we went in and with the 76 s38 ketra bulbs lit this entire space and we have a g2 linear behind one of these seven panels it's a massive waterfall And we're now able to specifically tune the light for each individual panel to the artist's intention. And we have so much flexibility and so much versatility that he is able to dial in the spectrum and the wavelength and the vibrancy of the light to 
specific parts of the artwork itself. And what we've done is we're now the recommended application and lighting system for each of these pieces of art. So if they do happen to go to a gallery or they do happen to go into somebody's home, he says these lights need to be a part of the installation because not only are they the best way to look at his artwork, but he has a specific tuning for each specific statue that we're dialing in together. So it's kind of like if you want to see this under the own artist's intention, it has to be a part of the installation. So we are going to, again, uh, look forward to welcoming people to the space where they can see not just this incredible artwork, but they can see Ketra and the effects and the impact that Ketra has on this artwork. So there'll be some events coming up. And then it's also eventually, once all the restrictions lift, a space that people can walk into kind of off the street in Red Hook. Uh, and then the neighboring space, Pioneer Works, has always uh, done really incredible lectures on art, science, politics. Uh, it's really an amazing melting spot of, of ideas and art coming together. So hopefully once we're able to gather and get together in, in ways that Pioneer Works Next Door will also be uh, hosting some amazing events. And, and right next door, you can see all of this in action. Well, and it sounds to me like a great excellence award contender. Hopefully you're going to hey, enter that project in the competition. <laughs> it, it's in editing form right now. So we're very All excited right. about that one. I That's think what it's we love to hear. Something we're very proud and very excited to showcase because it couldn't have been a more amazing partnership. Great. Well, my guest today has been Matt Emmy, co-founder of One Button based in Brooklyn, New York. Matt, I want to thank you so much for being the first guest on the Spotlight by Lutron podcast. And I'm looking forward to hearing so much more about One Button uh, in the coming year and seeing those uh, excellence awards entries from you guys come rolling in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. We're excited to make it all happen and uh, look forward to all the neat things you continue to allow us to sell and uh, represent. Yeah, great. And, and to everybody uh, listening today, thank you for joining us on Spotlight by Lutron podcast. We hope you'll be tuning in for more conversations with our industry friends and colleagues.